0: In his nightmares, Nexus has seen visions that would wake the dead. And in his role as interplanetary executioner, he's faced down the galaxy's most vicious mass murderers and sentenced them to the most horrible of punishments. But when a renegade robot overcomes Nexus with sickly sweet sensations of cotton candy, pink flowers, and circus music, he must look for help. And he finds it in the form of Madman. That's today on Just Another Fanboy. apologize for that, but I think you'll find this a bit more interesting. Hello and welcome to Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that doesn't always have the time nor the energy to write up a joke for the opening. I'm your host, my name is Stephen, and yeah, I do try to write up some kind of jokey type thing for these openings, but... You know, sometimes I look into my mind and I find just a big empty room, which can be quite disturbing. But hey, we're not here to talk about my giant empty brain. No, let's talk about Madman. Should we? Probably. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Right, folks? Anyway, today we're looking at Nexus meets Madman number one. This was a one shot that was published by Dark Horse on May 22nd, 1996, and it had a cover price of $2.95. $2.95. It was written by Mike Barron. Plots by Mike Allred. The artist was Steve Rude. The letterer was Willie Schubert. And the colorist was Paul Mounts. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, I guess, I get. I guess I'm trying to find a diplomatic way to tell y'all that I, uh, I didn't care for this issue all that much. And I feel like I need to say that right up front. Because that is going to affect, I guess, how I talk about it and the the amount of time I spend talking about it. And, of course, we will, and we'll get into why I didn't care for it too much. But before we do, I I feel like I need to talk a bit about Nexus, because this is not a Madman comic per se. Though it's in the Madman Library Edition Volume 2, it is a Nexus comic that features Madman. He's he's crossing over into the book, but it's a, a it's a Nexus book. I don't know a lot about Nexus, and I looked up some information and I'm going to give you some info here from the uh, Wikipedia, but I'm not going to give you much, just to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about here. The the lead character in Nexus is named Horatio Hellpop. It's set in the future. 24-something or other. I, I don't remember. It says it in the book. We'll, we'll probably get to it when I'm looking through the pages. But he received his Nexus powers from an alien entity called the Merc. And as payment, this alien Merc thing uh, ha- basically has Nexus go out and he has to kill mass murderers. And he has to do this to... He has to kill a certain amount of them per cycle. And the Merc tells him where to go, points out the targets, says, kill these folks. And the way the Merc does that is uh, Nexus would, per Wikipedia would get just bad headaches and crazy, depressing, dark dreams. And they would be about the, the the victims of the targets that he was going after. Apparently, he was reluctant to do this, but continued to seek out these mass murderers to maintain his power and his sanity so that he could defend his home world, a lunar refuge named ILUM It's spelled Y L U M. And it's apparently a shortening of the word asylum. So with that in mind, let's, uh, I guess, briefly go through the issue. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because again, I didn't care for it, but we're in ILUM. It's, uh, Again, like I said, in the future, we've got this character by the name of Vooper, who is a a merchant and looks a bit, well, almost exactly like Ross Perot, if you remember that guy. He was the uh, Dana Carvey used to do him on uh, Saturday Night Live. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? That's uh, that's, uh, Ross Perot. Can I finish? So, of course, when I read this guy's dialogue, I, I read it like Ross Perot. Just look here at this fine gadget. We could make a billion of them some bitches flood Andromeda with them before they know Ace from tally. He's talking about Madman. He's he's in some area, I guess, underground, possibly. I don't remember um, in Islam where there is buried a lot of ancient antique crap. And this guy is a merchant. So he collects this stuff or steals it, however you want to look at it, and then turns around and sells it. Uh, this is in 2496. That's the year. And he runs across a madman action figure. It's like the size of one of those old Mego action figures or the size of a Barbie doll. And he takes that up. He takes it. It's 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 his now. And then he runs across this little device that's about as big as a Zippo cigarette lighter. He doesn't quite know what it is. And he's got this little compartment in this modified golf cart looking thing that has a drill and a big bulldozer scoop and stuff like that on it anyway he throws it into a compartment that tells him approximately how old it is and uh he then takes it and tries to open it up and it turns into a robot the robot calls itself uh your microsoft actualized vertical integrated synergistic digitized articulated Variable Iridium Servant, or Mavis Davis, is I guess what all that stands for. And once this little robot tells Vooper what it is and tells Vooper that it is ready to undertake any and all household duties, we then switch scenes where uh, we're, we're, we're somewhere on the surface of Ilam Nexus, and his, I don't know if this is his girlfriend or his wife, but they are meeting with some people. I don't know if they're dignitaries. I don't know. They're showing them around. And this robot now is, is, is a giant robot, and it comes busting up through the floor, and Nexus goes after it because it's causing a lot of destruction. And the thing turns to Nexus as he is flying up to the robot, and it hits him with some I-beams and then promptly turns into a bus or, or a future bus, and it's very kind of cartoony. It, it's got the 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 windshield looks like eyeballs and the the grill looks like a big smiley face. It's very kind of loony-toony and it goes speeding away. They learn at that point that it was Vooper who found this thing. And somehow kinda I of, it's really kind of unclear. He tells them that he found this thing near the madman, which was the action figure. And So, Nexus demands to see this Madman action figure because apparently, because they were found in proximity of each other, then Madman obviously has something to do with the robot. And so they decide to pull Madman from the past into their present, 2496. Uh, But they do it by way of some kind of weird mystical seance. Madman is pulled into their present, his future, and then they kind of team up to take down this robot that's pretty much it uh good lord i'm having a hard time just really focusing my thoughts because i'm i'm trying to decide how i want to explain why i didn't care for this issue too much um i think ultimately because it was a very zany madcap adventure uh which i think i did enjoy the first time i read this back in 96 i, I didn't care for it too much now one of the reasons uh, be- is because of this memory of seeking out Nexus comics after I read this because the issue was, it was like a, it was like an episode of the Looney Tunes and I'll, I'll be talking about, you know, I'll go through and, and point out various things that were zany and madcap, but I assumed that Nexus, the, the, the main title or the, the main series or is a. Bunch of miniseries, actually. I just assumed that Nexus was a zany madcap comic as well. And so there actually was uh, the the following month that this issue came out. There was a new four-issue miniseries called Nexus Executioner's Song that was published uh, by Dark Horse. And I remember I got all four of those issues. And I seem to remember that the four issues were rather dark. They were not zany madcap types of things. I know that they're very, they're, they're kind of a pulpy sci-fi type stuff. And, uh, it just, it wasn't anything like what we got in this Nexus meets Madman. So that kind of put me off, you know, why make a zany madcap adventure of a, of a one-shot when that's not the way Nexus comics are. And, or at least that's my, that's my memory. I, I haven't looked at a Nexus comic since 96, but I know that I got those four issues and I didn't enjoy them uh, because, and I, I could only assume because they were in tone, nothing like this, this one shot. And as I'm thinking back on that now, I'm asking myself, why, why would somebody do that? Why would Baron and Rude create this one shot that was a completely different tone than the rest of the books. And again, I may be completely wrong. Maybe that four issue mini was, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just remembering everything wrong, but this is my memory sucks. I know that you all know that, but this, this is the feeling that my memories are giving me that Nexus was not like a, a fricking Looney Tunes episode in general. And So I can only assume that the reason why they would do this for this one shot is simply because Madman's in it. And I say that only because the Madman that is in this issue is portrayed as a very over the top, wacky kind of guy. And again, I may have enjoyed that back in 96, but I didn't like it at all now. It didn't feel like Frank in any way. And Alred may have provided the plots, but as far as the scripting and 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 all you know all that would have been done by, by Barron. And it's it's a lot of that that makes me dislike Frank. It it, it felt like uh, it felt to me like, and I, again I'm just pulling this out of my butt. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I didn't look anything up, but what the way it felt to me was that Mike Barron had never really read any Madman before this issue. And went out and read a couple of them, saw that Madman used the word "ginchy" once or twice, and that he used the phrase "What's the skinny?" once or twice and 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 you know, those types of things, and just kind of doubled down on that and made that Frank's personality. I mean, when we first meet Frank in this issue, he's pulled into this present. And he is, he's obviously in the middle of a conversation. He's like handing a rose, uh, apparently to Joe. And so the first time we meet him, the first thing he is doing is saying, so Joe, my sweet to be brief, will you be my, and then he realizes Joe's not there anymore. And that's when he kind of turns around and he says, yikes, say, what's the skinny? You smell swell, but you're not Joe. He's he's directing that towards Horatio's wife or girlfriend or whatever. And there's just a lot of instances in this book where Frank is just he's not Frank. If you've if you've read the Madman comics, he can be silly. He can be the type of guy that seems like somebody you wouldn't want to take seriously. I mean, he wears a freaking costume at all times, but it's because he is self-conscious about the fact that he is uh, an, an undead person whose skin is all gray and blue and scarred up and and all that junk. And uh but he he's a very deep introspective type of character. And in this issue it's like they just kind of took his surface level and slapped that on top of him and that's who he was throughout this entire thing. He's just he's he's like Bugs Bunny without all the insults. It's just a very silly book. It's very silly. There's a lot of really silly stuff that happens. And there's a moment, for example, they show an image to Frank of this robot and they show that the robot then changes to this weird hovercraft slash bus thing and that it's been going around town and collecting children. And so they decide they need to get onto the bus. And so they, they come up with some disguises. And Horatio is basically just wearing a suit with a fedora. Frank, on the other hand, is wearing a big. He's he's wearing his costume, but he has a big cowboy hat on. It's actually Vooper's cowboy hat. It's like a thirty-gallon freaking cowboy hat on, and he's got a handkerchief, you know, duster thing around his neck. And uh, as they're waiting for this bus, Nexus or Horatio is saying to whoever this other guy is. There's this alien dude with a big mohawk, and he's dressed as like some kind of freaking naval admiral from back in the old pirate days <laughs> i don't know how else to say that but horatio is saying this won't work it's just for kids and the the alien dude's saying it's expressly for kids and frank goes expressly x presley x presley and then right away the alien goes are you suggesting that this bus is somehow connected with saint elvis and frank's response is that's right Podna. the robot had a pink and black 59 caddy on its head and a chest like a model 46K Wurlitzer, which apparently is a jukebox. And I don't know that just that was like a huge leap to me just suddenly. Oh, by the way, eh, eh, this robot has something to do with Elvis. Of course, we learned that it's true, but <laughs> which just makes the, the story even more. I don't know. I probably thought it was hilarious back in 96. And it's just I just find it annoying now. And I don't know if it's because I'm old and cranky or if it's because i have kind of keyed into the fact that this is not frank this is somebody writing frank in such a way that frankly is rather insulting for for frank alred obviously doesn't think so he he put it in his collection i mean i would have to assume that alred enjoys this story and that, you know hey it's his it's his character it's you know i'm not going to begrudge anybody for you know the 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 choice of liking certain stories. I just, I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. It just was, it felt to me that they were trying too hard to be zany and madcap. And I felt that the reason that they were doing that was simply because madman was in the story and madman isn't necessarily zany and madcap. There's some crazy fun stuff that happens in a madman comic. Don't get me wrong, but it's a small, well, it's, it's just a part of the madman stories. It's that combined with y- the, you know, the philosophical questions and the, the romance between him and Joe and his sense of self, which he doesn't have a big sense of himself. And it's just, you know, the, the, the zany madcap cartoony type of stuff is just a small part of what makes a madman story. And that's apparently what they, they the only thing, it, It's again, I feel like the, the writer here just, Read a couple of Madman issues, and and the only thing that he pulled from it was that Madman is just this crazy, silly cartoon character who says, what's the skinny? And hey, this is Ginchy, because he says it a few times in this issue. He is at one point, they have some kind of weird teleportation device that teleports him inside this robot, and the 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 inside is bigger than the outside it's like a freaking tardis in there and there's a big carnival and there's all these kids having fun and frank's reaction is to ask somebody gee whiz what's the skinny on this place and it just it's just it, it annoys me <laughs> it just annoys me uh so we learn that there um i don't know i kind of want to wrap this up we learn that the robot does have something to do with elvis elvis uh apparently was the kind of celebrity according to this that Um, was the eternal child. And the way they described Elvis in that fashion, I thought, well, that sounds more like Michael Jackson to me. And the the theory here is that this robot was created by Elvis, I guess, to continue on with uh, making fun places for children to go. And at some point, Frank gets into this Cadillac that's on top of the robot's head and he finds a glove in the glove compartment, just one glove. And Joe is suddenly there. She is inside the robot for some reason. And we learn that Michael Jackson is also connected to this robot because she takes the glove and throws it to the, to the robot and the glove increases in size so that it fits on the robot's hand. And we suddenly see that now it's a glove with, uh, you know, these, bedazzled sequence beads on it and the robot suddenly turns into a robot version of michael jackson and starts dancing and does all the michael jackson moves and everybody's looking at it and they're like haha yay it's the gloved one and uh then they realize nexus realizes he makes the connection Ex presley michael jackson was married to elvis presley's daughter and then they were no longer married it just it was just i don't know i don't understand the whole point of this in any way There's a wrap up at the end as this giant robot is doing the Michael Jackson dancing and all the kids start dancing and then Nexus and Frank and Joe and they all start dancing. And these two aliens who, uh, I don't know if they're part of Nexus, they don't explain who these guys are. They just kind of walk up and one of them goes, I don't get it. Why did it call itself Mavis Davis? And then the other robot or the other alien explains to him Basically, what the whole point of the story was—it it, it, was—I uh, didn't like it. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It wasn't great. Uh, I'm glad I'm done reading it, and I'm glad that I'll be done talking about it here in just a moment. I will say that the art was gorgeous. Steve Rude is a hell of an artist. The art was just amazing looking, and I'm one of these people that when I devote a lot of time to reading. A comic about a certain character uh, that's not like owned by one of the big two, like, well, like Madman. Allred has a fairly unique style. And so whenever I see anybody else draw Madman, it just, to me, it's wrong. It looks wrong and I never like it. But while Steve Rude doesn't look like Allred when it comes to their style, he does a really good job of. Drawing Madman. I I don't I don't have any of those weird hang-ups when I when I look at this book as far as the art. Looks like Frank he, he just the art was awesome. I'll just I'll just say that. It was beautiful. The 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 one saving grace in this issue was the art. And that is all I have to say about that. But I'm not gonna leave you just yet. I got a bit of feedback that I want to share with you. I'm I think on another podcast I was uh lamenting the fact that when it comes to feedback, when it comes to, to like audience participation and whatnot, that it's just not like how it used to be back in the old days. There was, uh, most episodes back then, I had a feedback section of the episode because people were emailing and commenting on the message board about the episodes and blah, 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 and all that. And that just doesn't happen much anymore. And I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody because I sure as heck don't write emails to other podcasts and, and and whatnot. So it's just kind of the way it is now. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here is uh, I got some feedback. I want to read it, but I don't know if I've gotten feedback for other episodes that I've kind of just missed uh, because I'm not used to getting feedback. So if 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 you've sent something to me and I haven't talked about it, let me know because I don't want to exclude anybody, but this comes from Twitter in response to episode number 308, in which we talked about Madman part 16. Well, it was Madman part 16. That was the episode title. And we talked uh, about Madman Comics issue number 10, Runaway Renegade Robots or Factor Max Rising, which was the previous Madman episode. And this comes from at... Andre TFG and he says all right it's always a joy to see another episode on Madman out. Madman is the reason I found your show actually and I started reading the Madmanverse it's hard for me to say that's the the I I it's the madmaniverse library that's what they're called but I just like call them the Madman Universe library. Anyway, I started reading the madmaniverse library because of your recent episodes so the circle is now complete. So, thank you uh at Andre you know, I did respond to them on Twitter. So this isn't something that, that, that they are going to hear for the first time, but it always makes me feel just really gosh darn good to know that somebody is reading these issues right along with the, with the podcast. And I think that's pretty cool. And uh, with that in mind, next week, we're going to be getting back to the main title. We're going to look at madman comics, number 11. So if you haven't read it yet, now's the time Folks, Until then, my name is Steven, and uh, yeah, I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other, please. The Just Another Fanboy podcast is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to fanboy at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or Else, and then come join in on all the fun at the Just Another Fanboy message boards at forum.justanotherfanboy.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month over at the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr. And in return, I am going to do my very best to get you and your fellow patrons episodes just like this one before anybody else. I also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this episode with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Bye bye, Daddy. Bye bye, Daddy. Good job. <laughs> uh do Do-do-do. Do-do-do. Check, check. Yeah, that should be good. Her Wikipedia would receive strong headaches and madding, madding, maddingly, madden, just screw that.